Well, it's that time again this year for the top 10 gifts for men, for your husband, for your father, for your son, for your grandfather, for your uncle, or a good male friend. We're going to go through 10 great gifts. And joining me this year is Tim Gordon. He's going to make it 11 by adding in a special gift himself. So, Tim, happy Advent. Happy Advent. Talking about some some good gifts for men. You know, not just the tie, not just the shirt, but something he's going to use. Yeah, not anything just in green felt and cheap, <laughs> cheap goldish-looking plating. Yeah, that's right. So, we, we, these, this is the inside scoop from what I understand. It. This is it. Yeah. And yeah. You know, one of the key things I've noticed, I've been doing this now for, I think, five or seven years. Every year I do a list. I've noticed the recurring theme that makes a good gift for a male is utility. That's right. It's That's usefulness. Right. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, think about if you apply the principle of utility to each of the gifts you're about to name, the, the gift I'm about to name. Um, I've had a sneak peek at this year's list. And um, yeah, they're all, they're all pretty useful. Yeah. Not necessarily. That can also sound kind of boring, but it's, it's not it's not necessary. It's not in a boring way. It's utility in a action oriented way right. that, that's not boring and it's not that yeah. leisure is bad you know like in no. the western tradition leisure is something that you do for pleasure that doesn't necessarily have utility attached to it we've got some of right. that too yeah but utility you know as an active agent in life doing things and becoming happy and reaching your natural beatitude you do you do to be right right so all right well number 10 these aren't necessarily in a particular order, they kind of are in getting to more popular, but the initial one is the best meat carving cutting board. Now, for years, I had like small cutting boards for like loaves of bread. But if you're like, you know, smoking a brisket, carving a turkey, standing rib roast, something big, you need like big cutting board with a blood groove in it, right? So then like run on the countertop. And the best one I found was one recommended by Tim Ferriss. It's only 25 bucks, and this thing is incredible. It's huge. It actually kind of sticks to your countertops. It doesn't move around, and you can put giant hunks of meat on it and carve it up. So it's the OXO Good Grips Cutting and Carving Board. Yeah, I don't want to sound too, like, home improvement Tim Allen-ish, like, <laughs> like grunting like a man. Because, I mean, that gets to be sort of like, right. you know – like token humor, but there, every man, I mean, I'm going to go there now, but every man likes just the concept of a blood groove. Like you've slaughtered yes. something and now you have to drain its blood. That's just, that's inherently attractive to yeah. any man that hasn't been completely, uh, westernized or cucked. Um, and also hunks of meat you mentioned. So I'm just yeah. reacting in real time to this Sounds good. hunks of meat being cut. It just yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. I, I want that right now. I'm giving so yeah. Well, another there's two more things I thought of while you're saying that is a lot of our cutting boards are made out of wood, you know, like the wood that's like crisscrossed. And the problem with that is over time, when it gets wet and you wash it, the wood, you know, stretches and bends and it loses its shape. Also, they've shown that wood cutting boards can hold bacteria, not right. bueno. This Porous. one, yeah, yeah, this one is like industrial cooking, um, like polyurethane, you know. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. I don't know if it's polyurethane or nice. 
you know, Uncle Rico says nylon Palmer or whatever, but it's tough. You know, <laughs> Uncle you. Rico would know. Like, <laughs> he would. He, what do you know about nylon me. Palmer? So it's awesome. It's a carving board, and you got to have yeah. it. Uh, yeah. It's just what I go to all the time. Along with that, this is number nine, is what I call a grown man's a carving knife. This is like a mm, – this is made by Victor Knox. I'll put a picture of it on the screen here. It's for slicing like a giant honey-baked ham, a turkey, uh, standing rib roast, a brisket that you smoked in the backyard. And the problem is a lot of guys, they don't have a really long knife. All they have is the knife set that they got when they got married that came in the right. one block. And the right. only knife long enough to do this work is the bread loaf bread knife. knife. Yeah. And so I see yeah. guys resorting to that, and I just kind of – a little part of my heart breaks when I see that because they don't have the right tool. Right. So what you want to do is you want to get this, the Victor Knox slicing knife. It's like the kind you see a butcher use. And it holds – Sounds it, dope. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It, it, this one holds its edge. Uh, you also guys got to learn how to sharpen knives. I'll go to a guy's house, and his knives are dull. I'm like, come on, let me just sharpen these for you real quick. And then everyone thinks you're like Yoda. Cause yeah, you know, right. Because you know how to sharpen it. It's not hard. You know, like watch a YouTube video, ask someone how to do it. Men yeah. have been sharpening their – because if you don't sharpen your knives, you're going to have bad cuts. You're going to cut yourself. Right. It's extra work. You're going to have ugly-looking food. Just sharpen the knife. And this one right here, Victor Knox, is a great slicing knife. Good reviews. Not from too expensive. Four, from 1,400 miles away from, from your home to mine, I – I fear that if we had you over to dinner, you'd, you'd see some, right. some dull knives. I got to sharpen my you know, knives. 10 minutes oh, later, 10 minutes later, you'd be, you'd be cutting clean. Cutting, this, this knife cutting has, flesh. Tim, this <laughs> knife has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Wow. What's, what's it called again? The Victor Knox Slicing Knife. I might actually get this one. You got to get see it. Tell Steph, yeah. hey, go watch the video. I will. I'm going to try to remember to put all these links below this video. So if you're watching and you're like, what is this? Scroll down into the show notes underneath the YouTube video or on the blog post wherever you're seeing this and hopefully there'll be links all there. And I like the 12 inch one. Get the 12 inch. That was opposed to what's uh, the other size? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's other options like, oh, maybe I only need eight inches or six. No, you need 12. Got all it. Right. Number eight is the whiskey ice ball mold. So I like to drink whiskey, and some people, they like ice and some don't. This is like a big debate. I like a little ice because I'm in the summer. You know, I only drink whiskey. I don't drink beer. I really don't drink wine or anything like that. I just drink whiskey. And when it's August, you don't want warm whiskey. So I like these ice balls, and the purpose of the ball is that there's less surface area touching the whiskey, which means right. less melting which means less watering down your whiskey. Right. So you're chilling the liquid, which I know takes away a little bit of the flavor. You're dropping the temp, but you're also reducing the water that's mixing with the whiskey. Right. So it's a win. It's Plus sweet. it looks really boss. When you like bring so you say, oh, I want ice. And you bring in like, what's that? It's like this giant globe of perfect cool. ice. It's awesome. Yeah. And this is super cheap. Super that's impressive, cool. super inexpensive. The whiskey ice ball mold. Yeah, that's neat. Love it. Number seven. Sorry that my commentary was just that. That sounds neat. <laughs> that's but fine. That's fine. That, that's just honest there. Yeah. yeah. 
Number seven is a toolbox with a lock. We talked about this before, Tim. If you have small children, especially boys, they constantly raid your toolbox. You know, I probably purchased 25 hammers since I was a dad because they get the hammer, they go out and hit a tree with it, (laughs) pound nails in the wood, and then they take the hammer and just like chunk it in the bushes. Yeah, literally. You're mowing the lawn like three months later. Oh, there's that hammer. And it's all rusted out. Right. Right. The reason I'm laughing is because this this would happen. I would borrow my dad's um, ratchet and and other tools when I skated, skateboarded as a teen. Um, Even I think he came into the early 20s and he would be shaking his head. Now, they would literally be like rusting in a bush. And (laughs) slight update correction to what you're saying about when you have kids, it's not that the kids will take just your tools. The kids will take and ruin your anything, everything, fill in the blanks. I, I had to find these this morning. It's the eternal struggle. You just bought new ones because your kids mess with them. Yeah. We were filming earlier this week and the headphones, see, I have teenagers and these are gold to them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I had to like go to target at nine 30 PM because we were recording the next morning and I, they'd been raided teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. So, Basically, you need to lock this stuff up. It's got to be on full lockdown. Otherwise, you know, I kind of told myself many years ago, Tim, if there's something that I can fix for 20, if I can spend 20 to $30 and never have that problem again, don't even think about it. Pay the money. Right. So right. if it's screaming at my, you know, kids over, where's the flathead screwdriver? Right. How come in my ratchet set, you know, the quarter one is missing, you know? Right. If, it, if right. it's that much trouble, what could I do to fix it? Well, I could buy a toolbox, this DeWalt toolbox, which I love. It's got a little slot for a lock. You spend an extra four or five bucks for the lock. Put the key on your car keychain so you only right. have it, and then you can lock things up. Yeah, it's better for your tools. It's better for home organization. It's better for family it's unity for because then you won't be yeah. yelling at your kids. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I need it. And then we were saying, you know, we probably need one of these for like our audio equipment. Like they come in and they get on my mixer, they move the mics around. Just little gremlins. Yeah, yeah. They they love the kids love playing with this big white light here mm-hmm. behind uh, behind the iPad. So if yeah. if I need like a big locker to lock that, <laughs> that's right. Uh, Dewalt. Yeah, Dewalt. Does Dewalt make a big white light locker? No, I don't think so. But uh, I could get one of those things yeah. that you see that, that like uh, on rock concerts where they have like the mixing boards in the locked case. Yeah, exactly. That might be my yeah. next purchase. So Should anyway, be. guys, you need a toolbox and you need to be able to lock it up. Oh, another, I didn't, I just now thought of this, but another cool thing that my wife kind of did, she's going to be embarrassed about this, is the sort of tool man belt. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I bought one of these. She thinks it's so cool because then you kind of have another thing is like oh, I'm working on a project, like working on an air conditioner or maybe putting you know new wheels on a skateboard. And I bring the toolbox and I'm working on it and I'm putting tools down. Kids are picking them up and running and right. chunking them in the bushes. Right. So what you right. do is you have like the bat belt, and so you use this tool and then you put it in the in the. There's two basic big pockets and then the thing yeah. for the hammer. And then you put it back. So you basically are keeping all your stuff proximate to your person. Right. So the only that, place it's safe. Yeah. Because in, like in I the home, four boys and they're going to be they're like gypsies. 
you know, distract right. you and they'll take, take a tool. I can't even, I, I like that. I can't even, I, I, I take this principle so seriously and I, I live by it and I die by it. I keep my personal nail clippers in my, my desk at, at work, right? Because if I bring them home within 30 seconds, they're gone and my nails get long and I walk around like Nosferatu or whatever. I like, I can't even, the problem is clipping, clip, you can do, you can clip fingernails when the class is yeah. taking a test. You can't get the shoe off and clip no, your toenails. Yeah, so it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little personal. It's funny that because I do the same thing. I hide nail clippers. I have one set in my jiu-jitsu bag because I know my kids won't look for it in there or yeah. borrow it. And then I have another set in the middle console of my car. That I that, that's another good spot. Two yeah. hidden nail trimmers because otherwise they're going to be gone. Well, the jujitsu bag is also good because then you can actually do a little quick clippage before a yes. toenail clippage before have, you get I on have the grappling sat in mat. the back of my truck in the parking lot of the jujitsu gym and done that. Yep, because you it, can't have long nails while you're doing martial arts. People hate no, that. You get scratched. It, well, it's cheating. You're yeah. like using your like a Swiss Army shoe. <laughs> you Swiss know, Army you can't shoe, can't, yeah. can't be st- the naked gun reference. <laughs> yeah, you can't be stabbing guys as you're getting them in no. reverse guard or no. whatever. Yeah. And it, it, at, in jiu-jitsu at the gym, like someone will just call you out. Like, your nails are too long, dude. Not cool. No, and, and kind of, go, go clip. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, that's number seven, toolbox with a lock. Keep it locked up, guys. Then you won't get mad. Then you just be, you know, and you'll have all your tools and get stuff done. You know, one problem with this, though, is my wife will say, hey, I need to get a screwdriver, so I'll give her the key. And she doesn't know, like, all the OPSEC of keeping all this stuff locked down, and so they will get stuff. It's right. Not, yeah. It's not foolproof because I do – there are holes in my guard when it yeah. comes to this because I'll allow yeah. people to have access to the lock. And then what's really bad is they'll lose the lock, and then yeah. – uh, Then there's a problem. It's a big problem. Yeah. It's a huge problem. But, but and, you know, is, I love, at least I love the ladies. Bit. I, I love the wives. I'm not talking about, about – Joy, because that you just mentioned it once, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rat Steph out here. She's uh, all of my little uh, firewall systems uh, against being robbed by the children. Mm-hmm. The weak link is is it's Steph. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's she. You know, I share my system. Yeah, God lover. She's a great, amazing woman. But but uh, when I share the when I share the secrets, the code, the sphinxes yes. to the sphinxes riddle. Oftentimes, yes. I end up getting infiltrated That's by right. my loving wife. Uh, the, wives, being too... the wives are the mediatrics, you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, and every time if there's, a, if there's a, a code, like on TV or a computer or something, sometimes, not usually, but sometimes they'll figure it out. The older really? Ones, it's crazy, yeah. Because they'll just try everybody's birthday. They're just, you know, they're little hackers. Well, don't kids use are smart. birthdays. Kids, you are smart. kids are smart. They are hackers, and they're good at they're good at hacking codes because they've been raised in the yeah, computer I mean, age. Five years oh old, you're like, oh, we'll just use the oldest child's birthday for everything. Yeah, yeah but when they're yeah. thirteen, that doesn't work. But for heaven's sakes, for your own sake, do do not use birthdays. No. Birthdays are a dead like giveaway. In, uh, they they would go in. Have you seen Spaceballs, Tim? Yeah, of course. Like, what the, of course. What's the launch code? And it's like five. <laughs> or four, yeah, that's right. Three, two, or it's like one, two, three, four, something like that. Yeah, yeah, like a Michael Scott code. Yeah. It's all. What was big that year? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, with me, I'm, I'm slightly more uh, nuanced than that. It's just what, what Lord of the Rings term was I feeling at that, that time, right. that season of that year. That's, yeah. that's how to crack me, how to break me down. Just so, announced to whoever's watching. Yeah, now they know they're going to start hacking you like Boromir and all these words trying to hack the email. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, number six is a hip flask. This is the classic flask that you see in movies. It's the one that you take to a Baptist wedding because there's going to be no alcohol at the reception. And it makes you really popular because you have like three or four servings in there. Pour one for yourself. Elbow the guy next to you like, hey, you want some whiskey in your Coke? And like, oh, man, that's great. So cool of you. Give him a little bit. You just made some friends, you know? That's right. Um, So this is a eight-ounce one, hip flask. It's curved, slightly curved, so it fits in your coat pocket or in a pocket somewhere on your person. Ah, ergonomics. If you think of a shot as like 1.5 ounces, that comes out to, I did the math, 5.33 servings. So there you go. Nice. You're going to go to a base. Well, you can't really get this through a metal detector. That's one negative. That's right. But if you're going to go to a place where there is no metal detector, like a wedding reception, right? Bring it with you. DMV. It's also kind of a cheapskate thing because if you go and you say, hey, I want to, you order a scotch somewhere, it's going to cost you like six to 12 bucks, right? In California more. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your own with you, cost you little. So I think it's a useful thing. And oh, if you buy this, you have to buy the funnel. Many a man Hmm. has wasted a lot of whiskey trying to pour from the bottle into the small flask hole. It's impossible. You can't do it. There's a hmm. special metal funnel that you put in there so that you can pour it in without losing one drop. So I'm sure if you get this on Amazon and you're checking out and it says customers also buy, and there's little silver funnels, buy that. And by the way, I own like three of them because my guess what? My kids steal them to pour things. So right. I actually have one in the bar and I have two hidden for that moment when they steal it. Then I can rotate in a new one. Hopefully they're not stealing it to pour whiskey. I, I doubt that. I hope not. No, I think it's other things that, like potions they're making in the backyard and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. more like. But, but I don't think you mentioned a uh, brand name. Do you have a favorite brand of of the flask? Uh, hip flask. Yeah, yeah, hip flask. Yeah. This is. Uh, I'm well, what do you prefer? Show notes. I don't. It doesn't seem. It's just called the hip flask. I don't oh, see okay. a, a company. The one that I like has the top that's attached to it, so you don't lose the the, the top, the stopper. Yeah. So it's very comprehensive yes. to not have a, a brand name. Yeah. Well, maybe Amazon it's very distributist. Not exactly. exactly. It's the concept. So yeah. that's five. I'll take a pause here, Tim. You got you're going to interject one. You got a gift for the yeah, ladies so to get their man. I'm, we're always talking about fighting. Get up and fight. Um, get some. Want some? Get some. Right. Uh, so I, I like the ringside Clayto Reyes speed bag, depending on how fast your hands are, um, men. Yeah. You, you, you need a bigger bag if you're a little slower, uh, more, a little peanut if you're, if you're faster, but the size, the size matters on your speed. It matters a lot with regard to speed because you know, the, the littlest peanuts they sell are like lightning. I mean, you gotta be Manny Pacquiao just to keep it going. But, um, I got pretty fast hands from the basketball. And so, so let me ask you know, this. Do you have a small speed bag or a big speed bag? How fast are your hands? 
<laughs> well, big, bigger is actually worse in the, uh, yeah. So the one that I was going to get that I didn't, didn't for, for, uh, for very technical, boring reasons, we couldn't install the garage. Uh, you have to have a big, you have to be able to find, you have to have big studs. Uh, no, right. we're not talking about the, the, the boxer, the yeah. big stud. Yeah. Don't put they, this into the sheetrock. You have problems. No, you, you need, uh, I was just rewatching all the Rockies over Thanksgiving as I tend to do. I use those as Thanksgiving movies and yeah, you see the big circular bolt that they, that you hook these into. Yes. They, they require a, a large ceiling stud, um, which not all garages or homes come equipped with. Um, so you, you got to have the right place to hook this up because you are hitting it hard, but yeah, the, I, yeah, I, I had worked up to a kind of smallish medium, um, bag in my father-in-law's who has several speed bags is into the boxing. So it's a lot of fun and it's a good workout. That's the other thing. It's a good cardiovascular workout, uh, without just running or swimming. Yeah. I mean, how does that um, work out? I mean, is this like you go do this for five minutes, 10 minutes? I mean, what's, what, what's uh, I would go work the schedule for this. Work the bag for 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, because there are different there are different exercises to do just where in terms of cross cross sticking, right. cross fisting. Um, you can do just one hand, two hands. It's I'm telling you, you sweat. It's 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 good. It's really yeah. good. It's it's an alternative to running if it's really cold outside or whatever. You know, right. a lot of people use uh, uh, you, treadmills do now. You put tape but I don't on your like knuckles them. or wear gloves or do you go raw. How do you? How do I you would. Go about this? Yeah. If you go raw, if you, if you go bare knuckle, you will, you will cut your knuckles up. Mm-hmm. I have oddly shaped knuckles. I have really uneven knuckles. You see that my, my middle knuck is, is yeah, sticks well. Kind of deformed. Yeah. Well, I've used <laughs> these things quite a bit back in the day, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not actually bad, but I have a, I have a, like a retracted ring that. finger yeah, knuckle. Yeah. So that yeah, if you have really even knuckles, you could probably get away with it, but these things are they look squishy, you know, like when I would see Rocky when I was a little kid, it looks like a squishy little bag, but the same thing with the, the heavy bags. Right. It's, it's, it's particularly when you first get it, you haven't worn that puppy in it's, it's hard leather. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll be surprised people if you get a uh, ringside Clayton Reyes speed bag. and you start hitting that thing, even a tiny one, even a little peanuts got a hard kind of shell. So uh-huh. yeah, taping up's not a bad idea or just getting really light little, um, whatever they are, eight ounce bag glove, you get bag gloves. Um, it's good though. And I mean, you can know that you have some place to set this up. We were talking about this earlier. Where do you, where do you set one up? The main consideration is you gotta, you gotta find some place with a big enough stud to hold it up. Yeah. Would, Would you, you, I mean, so I've, you, I, for Christmas, you know, I have, I'm a blessed man. I have everything I want really, you know? And so my wife's like, what do you want? And I was like, a punching bag, you know, my brother-in-law has got a good one. I also want to be able to kick it, but I don't want it to be too heavy. So we're kind of going for like a hundred pounder, a long one, right? Yeah. It's so a good I'm, bag. I'm a, something really big came in the mail the other day and it was really heavy. So I'm thinking, thinking it's happening, but I don't have yeah. a speed bag. And one yeah. of the things I'm always confused about on the speed bag is you would never hit anyone you would you know, walk up just you know you guys, you guys, no. back and forth, right so no so it's just getting your hands fast right yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's for just, shadow it's punches yeah, it's coordination it's, and, and, and moving yeah i mean look at look at again well how many shout outs have we given to tyson fury in the last uh three weeks but 
look at how fast his little shadow punches are. Um, And they don't look goofy. They don't look like my my brother sent me a YouTube video of the worst boxes of all time. I saw one guy that was trying to do shadow punches. He is literally doing this. It was the (laughs) slowest thing you've ever seen. I'll have to send it to you. It's one of the fun. It's the hardest I've ever laughed probably. But, um, I mean, look at those swift little movements. You know, it looks like they're touching their nose. Uh, Tyson Fury looks like he's signing the cross. He might actually be, but is, yeah. Man. So he's it's Catholic. it's having, yeah, he's Catholic. He's he's a good Catholic boy. He talks a lot about it. Tyson so I Fury, thought a couple if times. You're out there, Tyson Fury, if you're out there, we want to interview you. We want to talk to you. For sure. For sure. I mean, it would be an honor. I know he's kind of in demand right now. You are kind of in demand right now, but it would be amazing. Also, Phil Rivers. So why cooking up the ninth kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, L.A. Chargers quarterback. I he's in my neck of the woods. He was Catholic. You know, he left the church. Yeah, we, that would be more like we'd be talking him back into the church. We, yeah. It would be a little uh, admonitional. A little apologetics, you know? Yeah, apol- apologetics. Feedback, but, apologetics feedback. That's right. Yeah. And, but he could do a little demo on it. We could get him set up with a speed bag in the background and show, show us how to you really know, I saw, work it. I saw Conor McGregor stood for as a godfather in a Catholic church. Really? It was a few months ago, yeah. I was like, hmm, I guess he's still on the books. Conor McGregor. Is he? Yes, yeah, that's I guess. that's Irish church yeah, though, right? Irish yeah, it's, dude, don't let anyone be. Yeah, I mean, if he is, he is. That's awesome. Right. But yeah, I mean, in the Irish church, they'd let a you know tranny be a godfather. Yeah. you know. So says I. Right. So, speed bag. You recommend heavier at first. Yeah, you have yeah. to. It's yeah. just you're, it'll just be too hard. You'll too you'll hard. see. You, you okay. asked me this uh, when we were talking about speed bags a couple of weeks ago. It's just really hard to keep them going. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, and so yeah, heavier. I've figure. tried it. You know, I've been in gyms where they are at my brother-in-law. And I'm just, I'm horrible at it, Tim. Like, the, how long is it going to, if I get one of these or a guy watching, but she gets it for her husband, you're going to go in there, you're going to feel like the most uncoordinated person of all time. Is it a long weekend where you learn the rhythm? Is it a month? I mean, what kind of commitment just to get into the rhythm of actually making this thing bounce for five minutes? That's a, that's a helpful question. I got good. I, I didn't get good. I got decent. One long weekend we spent at my father-in-law's. I would just go out to his garage whenever there was a lull in right. the visiting. And it took me probably six to eight hours in that long weekend. I mean, they live about eight hours away. They live in Southwest Utah in Mormon country there, just you know, a couple hours Northeast of Vegas. So we would, you know, we'd go up there a few times a year and uh, yeah, I, I got I got decent enough to enjoy it and to keep the little thing going, um, you know, in, in six to eight hours just in, in the yeah. garage one one particular weekend. So yeah. and then then the next time I went, yeah, I think if I remember right, he actually had a lighter bag. And again, it took me it was it was lighter and I had to catch up. But again, I got decent at that one that same weekend. Yeah. So it's not a skill you forget. Right. You know, I found this is kind of a tangent but it's worth going down. I'm a lot happier when I do martial arts or fighting. I think there's just something really, I mean, we homo sapiens have been fighting from literally day one, you know, Cain and Abel. Right. Uh, Right. There is this anxiety that we, we, we carry. And uh, if you just spend 365 days on a couch and in a cubicle, there's something off on you. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, jiu-jitsu or boxing or mixed martial arts or something, just getting out there and rolling around and fighting. And, yeah, sometimes, you know, like I'm nursing a bad shoulder right now from jiu-jitsu, but, 
you know, and sometimes you get a black eye. I've been scuffed up and bruised and all that, but there's something really good about that as well. I've written letters for on recommendation for students at the school I've taught, schools I've taught at that got into fights where I, I think the schools now are of all the things that that schools, even Catholic schools, have gotten way too lax on cheating, skirt length. Uh, yeah, I mean, cheating, like academic dishonesty, right. skirt length. Uh, they, they, they say, oh, you know, some some of these schools, not all the ones I thought it will say, oh, if you're going to drink at a dance, just do it off campus. That kind of, that's all that's all really bad stuff. They're, yeah. they're too lax on that. But I say when a couple of dudes get into a fisticuffs, you know, and they're talking expulsion, they're talking, you know, it's different policy at different schools. I've taught it a few, but it's like this is an overreaction. You know, boys, right. boys. Boys need to learn to fight. It's it's a skill that you need to be a man. I'm not saying you go pick a fight, but no, it's it's totally to me it's perverse. It's it's the concept that I've talked about in one of my old articles called thin skin, strong stomach. Like we don't want society to have such a strong stomach about sex. We want to be more like a boxer in training about about chastity, right? We don't want to have a, a strong stomach with regard to all these, you know. Katy Perry songs sounds like they're written for 12 year olds and they're about menage a trois. That's, that's disgusting. And yeah. we want a strong stomach. Uh, I mean, we want a weak stomach, they're sensitive stomach, but we don't want to have thin skin so much about young, young men mm-hmm. fighting. That's kind of the only way you learn to fight. And if I'd gotten suspended or expelled every time I got into a scrum when I was in late, late high school, and I'm, I'm going to share a little secret with some of you out there, even, even some early college, it's like, dude, this just, I just think it happens. I think it happens. Yeah. So I'm really call me a weirdo. I'm really lax on fighting. I think it's it's important. Well, and the thing too, so, if, you know, I have boys and I see them fight, and I usually don't get involved. But you know, if you have two five year olds and they are and they are swinging, and let's just usually they don't even make contact because they're so horrible. Let's say they swing <laughs> their best punches, hooks, uppercuts, whatever they have as a five year old, and they land them perfectly on the other kid. They do nothing. No. no one's getting knocked. You would be lucky. You would be lucky to get a bruise on these hits. That's they're right. So weak. The human, That's right. Their, their arms and their fists, everything is so weak. We're not talking about Tyson Fury. We're talking about kids, little boys. Right. And I think God set it up that way. I mean, you, you're not going to get hurt. You know, you're no. going to get hurt if you fall and hit your eye on the corner of the fireplace. That's getting hurt. Right. But boys swinging and landing some punches here and there it's pretty mild man like i've in all my years of being a dad and seeing them getting little scuffles i've never seen anybody get for real hurt no never never i mean yeah even if they're landing punches like you say it actually can they teach usually can't land the punch they don't and usually <laughs> usually brothers fighting it just becomes like uh remember that scene in, in step brothers when they're kind of slow motion uh when they're trying to shake each other's hand and they're kind of just pushing each other in the neck and the face, that's kind of brother fighting. They don't normally end up swinging at the face, but even if they do, yeah, I mean, you, for, for future purposes, uh, a young man needs to know how to take a punch. You know, you move move your head. Like he, he punched me in the face. Well, where'd he punch you right here? No, it was over here. Like he didn't even know. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. It's an insult. It's an insult to the puncher. Yeah. You got him back. You just served him back. You can't even remember. Left a mark somewhere. There's a Catholic school. I won't mention the name because I don't want to get in trouble, but up until a few years ago, hopefully they're still doing it. If young men, the school goes up to high school, got in an argument, 
the faculty would allow them to square off and fight with rules. Yeah. With yeah. rules. I go, you guys want to get one fight? And, the, and the, all the boys can watch. And they say about yeah. half the time they, they say, oh, we want to fight. And then the half the time they do, and then one guy loses, and everybody knows you lost. You won. They put on well, – yeah, what, what's really good is to have people put on, put on the gloves uh, – and, and yeah, and yeah, you have some rules, which is what I I've offered to do. I mean, even back when people, a lot of people used Facebook, uh, I had written some article or something and linked to my Facebook and some little lib liberal kid from, from, uh, from the Eastern Sierra side. It's, it's a little town called Bishop. Have you ever, do you know what Bishop California is? Do you know about Bishop? It's a little, there's like this kind of hipster culture about the Eastern Sierra, which are rocky and barren. Uh, it's it's pretty in a stark high desert way, but a lot of hipsters like it. There's some skinny little hipster from Bishop, I remember, which is not too far from Vegas, uh, started making comments. This is when I was in law school, making comments about my daughter, uh, my eldest daughter. And, um, you know, he saw that we were at a, a, I think it was a tea party or something. This is back in 2010. And he said, oh, you don't, you don't like free healthcare or whatever. And then he made like, some real nasty remarks. And I was like, dude, I'm in San Diego right now. You're in Bishop. Let's, let's meet roll. up. Let's, let's meet up in Vegas. I was like, I'll get you right now. I, I know some guys that know some guys with, with dojos. Like, we'll get in the gym. So it's, it's not, it's not a agreed upon combat, which yeah. is I knew the law because I was in law school. I was like, let's, let's go. I, I'll get in my car tonight. It was a Friday morning. They're like, I'll meet you in Vegas. I'll be there in three and a half hours, four hours. And um, he, he vanished and took his comments off. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's a good way to solve stuff. That's what, that's well, what the world, know, we're like, not going to get past it. You know, when I, when I go to a tournament or even at my own jiu-jitsu gym, like I know who's better than me, who's worse than me. And then the guys that sometimes I get them, sometimes they get me. Right. 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 And that makes me humble because i know i would get totally that guy's 30 pounds less than me and he would choke me out in two minutes right right and he's smaller than me and that gives me humility right but then there's also guys who are bigger than me or same size that i can choke out or i can arm bar and that gives me confidence but it's for real it's not false humility or false confidence i just know that's right there is a pecking order in this room of 50 men and i'm right about right. here right that's good. And, and only only the posers are ones that think they're way above where they actually right. are. It's it, this goes down. This comes down to the virtue called magnanimity in Aristotle, right. where you know exactly how much honor is due to you. He doesn't like it. It's called um, uh, uh, pusillanimousness. If you're it, false humility, if you're saying you're worse than you are, it's a form of dishonesty, right. and it's a really dishonorable form for Aristotle. Obviously, it's called vainglory. Uh, if you're if you're saying you're way above you are, that's just good old fashioned smack talking. And then yeah. and you're the guy that's talking trash on everyone, and you get choked out in ten seconds. Um, he doesn't like that. It's just know where you are, and it keeps people real, as exactly. they say, in a way that you, you see little 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 uh, soy boys on the left, progressive soy boys, who, who society's really trying to to universalize. Uh, men should never fight. They should, they should drink. They should have sex. They should do all this other stuff that should be allowed, but they should never, ever fight. And right. we should outlaw any kind of martial kind of contact, physical contact from society ever, which I just, I have no, I've nothing but, uh, I, I revile that. Yeah. I have no respect for that because then 
you can do it. it, it it's less honest. It, it, it comes exactly from what you just said. It's like, then you have people, this is how Italy was. This would, this would happen all the time with Italian men. They're super emotional and dramatic. And they would, I, I saw one guy, uh, one time, two guys get in a fight on a bus where a guy was banging on the bus and the bus driver was like, what, stop it? He had a beef with some guy on the bus. And they did this, like, blah, 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 blah. they're barking at each other. And it's like, he's basically asked, being asked to get held back. But then they did that and they both understood they're just going to, part ways there's there's a really funny video now about like two soy boys who i think i sent it to you who just flipping each other off they're flipping the bird like really hard but they really hard and the other guy's like oh yeah yeah we can we can use that's that's the fake bird and they're doing that and they keep going back and forth and then they cross the street and they do that and then it's like dude this is pathetic you guys this is what this is what speed bags are for bro like we need to sort this out and see who's who's the the tougher mammal there's there's a real God appointed role for this. And then, yeah. then the other guy has to shut his mouth, yeah. you know, and that's the end. And then you can respect the results of the match, you know, like Rocky and Apollo. That's right. They're friends And by Rocky three, Apollo is Rocky's trainer. They're best yeah. buds. And, and, and Rocky, you don't always win. It's okay. You can still, you can still have honor. You still be right. a great man and not win. And the only thing, there's a great Frazier episode about this. The only thing that's dishonorable is a man that won't fight. You know, the Luke Skywalker, oh, I won't fight. Well, then we've already lost. Um, yep. If you go fight and you throw some good punches and you take some good punches and maybe the other guy's just bigger, stronger, more training than you, like, so what? You went in and fought. So, and every, you're talking about the endorphins that start from, that you get cooking in your system from flowing, you know, from, from actually engaging in this kind of healthy male physical activity. It's also good for your testosterone. Doctors all around the country. My one of my best friends, his dad's a doctor in LA. He says, I've never seen so many grown men in their 30s with testosterone counts under 200. It has to do right. with it's a psychosomatic thing. It has to do with the girly frame of mind all these men are in. You gotta gotta do jujitsu and and play sports and and um lift some weights. Lift some they serious say, weights. They say just putting weight on the skeleton. Everybody has a skeleton. You got to put weight on the skeleton and it does all kinds of stuff for your, your growth hormone, your insulin, your testosterone, your mood. Estrogen. Yeah. Just, you know, we, all those things need, we were meant to pick up a rock, carry something, pick up a hunk of meat, bring it over here, put up a tent. Like we need, and we're just sitting in these chairs a lot of time. We never load our body. Our body doesn't right. feel that. So just lifting weights is because then if you never do it, your body atrophies and then you go to pick up a bag of groceries off the ground, your body's completely out and you pull something and now you're hurt. Like some girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, but if you were lifting something three to five times a week, all those muscles would be toned, your endocrine system would be firing, everything would be a lot better. So less injury, happier. Yeah, I noticed happier. Uh, I noticed um I've started watching NFL football. I, I've never had a period in my life when I didn't watch NBA because I'm, I'm a serious basketball fan. But that's where you I and watch, I differ. I'm just not a basketball fan, but we don't have to go there. Yeah, you're a you're a baseball guy. It's when we we're always looking for stuff to disagree about. <laughs> and and yeah, we we I can talk some serious trash on soccer, baseball, but we, well, we, we won't both, go there. We both realize that soccer is a Marxist sport. Sham. And Marxist champ. Yeah. Not even a sport, but yeah, no, ba- baseball is definitely a sport. So I won't, I won't go there. And it's definitely not Marxist. It's, I, I like the tradition, just the, the particulars of, 
whatever. But so I have started rewatching NFL, my second favorite sport since I've been playing fantasy. And one thing I notice a lot of setup for a little point, but one thing I notice is when I actually set aside time to watch football on a Sunday, I really enjoy the first game, you know, and if there are two games where I have lots of my players from my fantasy team on, I'll actually watch the second game. I, I notice it every Sunday. No joke. I, I just noticed it this season. I start getting really anxious the second game because like, dude, this is over three hours of TV. What, you know, even a long movie. I start getting anxious. I start getting anxiety. I start my, my little, you know, whatever anxiety starts flaring up. So I'm like, I got to go for a run. I got to take the dog for, we have a hookup for our dog on the bike ride. I got to go dribble the basketball, work up a sweat. I can't, I can't just do sitting around. You're not. And some guys do this like every weekend. They just sit around both days. I'm like, I don't even, we're not even meant to do this. Yeah. This goes back to Aristotle, man. We're really going out some rabbit trails. It's fun. I like it. Aristotle refer in Greek. It's energeia. Usually right. track usually translated after activity in English or in Latin. Uh, he says that we're most happy when we're fully, if you want to use the, I guess the etymological related word would be when we're energized. Right. And I tell, I've told students before, I said, are you more happy when you get the touchdown or when you watch someone on TV, get the touchdown? When are you more happy? When are you more happy when you get the touchdown? Right. This is right. what, this is what Aristotle is saying. The active pursuit of something is more fulfilling than the passive observation of it. Right, right. So this is why we as humans, not just as males, but as humans, we have to do things. That's right. Whether it's cook some food, you know, go on a hunt, do some training, lift some weights, go to work and be successful, make that call, make that sell. You know, that's where you get happy sitting around and watching somebody. This goes back to porn too, right? If you're validly married, sacramentally married, this joy of the nuptial brace is incredible. You're energized. You're active in it. Pornography is the passive watching of another. It's like watching someone else get a touchdown. It's, it's inward. It's broken. It's disgusting. It's perverse. Yeah. And that's where there's no happiness in it. There's only watching sorrow. someone get a touchdown. I like yeah, that. That's yeah, yeah. That's so. Yeah, that's, be the Aristotomist this week and go and do something. That's right. Go yeah, swing we, the bat and hit the ball in the in the cage, or go play catch with your son. Actually, perform something. Don't just watch other men perform something. There's a Simpson, an old Simpsons joke uh, back when the show was really good, uh, two decades ago of. Uh, uh, Bart and Lisa were asking their kid, their, their parents who wouldn't spend time with them for like gifts. And the tongue in cheek joke is Bart's asking Homer for a gift. And it's uh, a game where a boy goes out and throws the baseball with his dad. And that, that's the video game, you know, instead of going oh, into a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's in the video game form of dad. Can you get me catch uh, dad, son catch? Right. And you go play that game yeah. instead of just, uh, the other thing is, yeah, I was, uh, this is one of your insightful commenters uh, on your on Taylor Marshall YouTube Combox, And they said, I said, Thanksgiving, I, I always I love the coziness of being around the family, but it's the same deal. We watch a lot of movies. There aren't a ton of other Thanksgiving, particularly out here in the American West, where it's not that cold. It's, it's cozier if you're colder. But I'm, I mean, I live in the desert in Bakersfield here, so it's not that cold. 
You know, I just there aren't a lot of Thanksgiving traditions aside from watching football and eating. And I'm not a huge eater. I'm not a huge, huge TV guy. I like a movie or two. But one of your commenters said, oh, well, you have to go on a Thanksgiving morning hunt. It's the best. And I said, I've done it one year with my brother out there in in Franciscan, uh, you know, Steubenville, Ohio. And it was the best Thanksgiving I've ever had, because then you come in. It's like you've earned the right to sit by the fire and watch a movie or two and, and drink cider. But it's like, that's not even that the energia makes the passivity worth it. You enjoy it 10 times more. If you went out and froze your, your baguettes off hunting, you know, stalking a deer or something. That's right. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's more fun buying a steak at the grocery store or spending three days in the snow, stalking, shooting, touching the fur, cutting the skin, butchering the animal, preparing it, bringing it home, cooking it, serving it to your family. Man, it's incredible. I got a whole, right. I got a, whole uh, a video on the theology of hunting. It's on the channel. Go watch it. It wasn't super popular because people aren't super into hunting, but there is a theology in the Bible of hunting, and it goes back to this idea of energia, which is fully activating yourself for your own food. Farming is the same kind of a thing. It would apply the same way. It's more right. satisfying when you make the salad and when you're cutting up the the squash, you're like, this came out of my dirt. Right, right. Garden planting even, yeah. in a less manly sounding way. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah I mean, for sure. You know, yeah, farming and gardening, you know, Adam it's was good. a gardener. No, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. No, I'm not talking smack. I just, hunting's the ultimate. But, right. yeah. So this court. is why you need a, a, a ringside Claytorius uh, Reyes speed bag. <laughs> so that was yeah, all of this commercial on the speed bag. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one day we'll put up some uh, footage of you just. I have get, some. Get I think after. I do have some. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That, might, that might need to be a mini clip. There should be. Okay, yeah. so um, we'll go back in here into the list. I got number five. You need a Latin Mass missile because you know what? You need to be going to Latin Mass. It's Advent. I've got the big challenge, Advent challenge this year for everybody. Try to go to the Latin Mass four times. The first time you go, if you've never been to one, just sit there and take it in. But as you grow to appreciate the Latin Mass, you're going to want a hand missile. And I did a video on which is the best hand missile. I'll put it up in the top right corner in the show notes. And it's the Father yeah. Lassance missile it's thick it's big here's the angelus press one it's a good one too but it's got everything in it guys it's fantastic i posted on it it's now sold out everywhere you can't find it because thousands of people watched the video and they went and bought all extent copies i went on ebay and found a leather one this is my plastic one but i found a really nice leather one and i've heard there might be still some available on ebay someone has got the rights to it and is reprinting it Oh, wow. So, until you can get this one, the Father Lassance. Can you see that? You see that, Tim? Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Get this I one. It. I like this one. Yeah. This, uh, this one's leather. It smells amazing. I looked on Amazon. They're out of the leather one. That's sold out. Yeah. Because you know why, want Tim? leather. Everybody's getting excited huh. about the 1962 mass. Sure. And they want to yeah. get, get into it. So, this stuff is selling well, out. The Novus Ordo is a cautionary example. It drives people, drives people to Latin. Yeah, yeah, I showed you mine. I sent you a picture of mine. I left mine in yeah, my you have school, the same my desk at school. The tenth Latin it's dope. Missile. Yeah, it's it's rare. It's rare to I, find I've it anymore. Never seen my wife before. found it, and it was a 1961, yeah. right? Yeah, it was 61. That's right. Right. Yeah, 
pretty cool. I'd be curious, look in there and see if Joseph's name is in the canon. I wonder if it's in, I don't know if that happened. I'll check. He, John the 23rd added it in either 1960 or 62, I think. I'm not I'll quite check. sure. So I'm, I'd be curious to what yours has. Yeah. So yeah, Latin Mass Missile is awesome. Every family needs one. Every dad, husband, uncle needs one. Right. Get it. And this one has great art in it. Look at this. I'm going to show you real quick. Look at this. Has this kind of stuff in it. Yeah, that's cool. You know, like the old school, like etchings. Right. Yeah, like manual style, like the old yeah. Thomistic manuals. Yeah, yeah that's, really, that's cool. It's got the black and the red. Say the black, do the red. It's fantastic. Red liners. Yeah. Why is he turned around? Why isn't he talking to us? <laughs> yeah, people. It's that's like kind of like the the pragmatist businessman's response when you take him to Latin Mass. Like, I, I, look, I'm just an ordinary guy. Was was he? What's the priest? You know, I can't hear him. And play. like you always say, like he ain't not, talking to you, not baby. Talking to you. Seriously, right. I, I'm so sick of that response. It makes me want to get out my my Reyes speed bag and, and work <laughs> it up for an hour. I, I, it's such a dorky response. It it's such the wrong response. It's like uh, if you've ever checked groceries at my first job, every like every third customer thought it was hilarious when an item wouldn't scan to go. Oh, if it doesn't scan, do we get it for free? I'd always be like, uh -huh. you know, like. Come on, don't don't say that. I want to. I feel bad because I, I actually say that sometimes. Still, I got to okay, stop. Okay, don't it. don't. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the equivalent. It's, now it's not as an important matter, but it's just when you take someone to Latin Mass for the first time. I'm sure you've you've introduced right. many people like in person to it. I've introduced, uh, you know, my my parents to it. A uh, couple a couple friends. It's it's very disappointing when they give that response. Right. You know, like it's almost like a test. It's like. Sonny's test in Bronx Tale for, right. for how, how you tell if a girl's good. You know, will she unlock the door for you if you let her in first? Like, you know, like you take them there and you don't want them to say, why is the priest turned around? Right. It's, it's, it's important. You should yeah. see why, even if you've never been to Latin Mass. It's, it's always, obvious a, good, it's always why. a great opportunity to explain why. It is. But, because, it's, but you're frustrated. Because liturgy is not performance for us. It's performance for the Trinity. We're performing right. under the Trinity. Oh, anyway, get the Latin Mass Missile. Figure it out. You'll be happy. All right, number four. A vinyl record player. I recommend the Audio-Technica ATLP60BK record player because it's inexpensive. I think it's the one I have. But here's why I like it, Tim. We have Spotify. We have Apple Music. We have all these MP3. And my, my children don't understand what an album is. Right. You make Full playlists, play. which are what we yeah. call mixtapes back in the day. Right. Right. And you just uh you listen to a song for twenty seconds, oh this sucks. Next song. Thumb down, thumb up, right? And so you never really get to know a era of a musician. That's right. That's right. Right? Like you can tell like Led Zeppelin circa seventy two versus Led Zeppelin circa seventy-nine. Right. And you know that because the albums and all these artists wrote their music to be placed on an album. Right. And the first song is there for a reason. And when there's also a song that ends the side A, and when there's another song that begins side B and ends side B, all this right. stuff was planned. So by right. listening to music on vinyl, you're requiring yourself to listen to it as it was intended. That's right. And it, again, there's nothing wrong with having an iPhone no, or, or an iPad and having a playlist. Of my music on playlists no. and Spotify. 
but for your favorite band, which young people don't even have like a favorite band anymore because it's all been singleized right. and it's 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 all garbage anyway. But for your favorite band, you ought to be able to list. You ought to be like, this is my favorite album. I listen to it cover to cover. Right. This is my second favorite album by my favorite. Or your favorite three bands. You ought to have at least half of their albums that you can arrange ordinarily. I love this and I listen to yes. every song because it's hard to have as your favorite band, the kind of band that wouldn't arrange an album like this, even in, right. even in, you know, the nineties or early two thousands, uh, pop I think, music I think is the pretty idea much of arranging songs died out probably in the two thousands. I think that's when it died. Right. There's still, there's still some, I mean, there's still some bands around kind of flying the banner. I listen to the Deftones still have basically my entire life. Um, they're still trying to write real albums, but, but it's like, there's not a lot that there's just right. not a lot out there. It's basically, it's all but dead yeah. DOA. And yeah. Yeah. And but you, you can have a playlist for a workout. You, you know, you're, let's say you're listening. Uh, I don't know, like something that is like a major, like dark side of the moon, Pink Floyd. Okay. So you're listening to that. Well, there's some songs in there that aren't that good. The laughing tracks. They have some yeah, tracks yeah, on right, there that right. are just like laughing. Yeah, randomly. Yeah, what's like, going on here? You know, or like, what, another one would be like the white album, you know, or something like that. Right. Like there's right. stuff on it that's not that great, right? But you have to sit there and listen to it because it sets up other stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. And yeah. so the vinyl forces you to endure things that with digital technology you would never endure. And I think there's something right. good in that. Even like there, no, there. My my favorite probably vinyl record to listen to is Miles Miles Davis "Kind of Blue." Love that. Yeah, it's a great a one. It's a great professor one. When I was an undergrad, introduced me to that album, and I've always enjoyed it. And I like the little scratchy, you know, beginning before the first note hits. It's cool. And well, yeah, I mean, you listen to it. And then when you, when that side's over, you physically stand up, put down your drink, say just a second. And then you go and you turn it over and you reset the needle. There's just something really great about the whole thing. I like it. Oh, yeah. It builds character. To, it builds to character. Kind of yeah. Suffer, you are suffer a better through a man. If you for listening to, to listen the laugh to tracks Rhino. on <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon. Why? I mean, that what Pink Floyd did. I love Pink Floyd, but they they definitely had a uh, like a laughing crackpot phase, whatever you call the the, the yes. you know the walrus phase of the yeah, Beatles. Yeah, they had yeah. a laughing man where there's just a guy laughing like every other song, like, like an insane, yeah. insane man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I could have done with. I'm not saying no laughing in right. wildly, but maybe half the laughing wildly. But whatever, the, the, you know, Roger Waters guys, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, salute just what's with the laughing uh, half of it could have probably sufficed you know the other thing is um there are certain songs that i hear that i've listened to the album in continuity so many times that if i hear it on the radio or on a playlist when the song's over i'm like ready for that next song that would naturally be on the original album right but then it's something no, right. else and i'm disappointed right. i'm like oh that was setting up for this but it's not it's a good point i'm glad i'm glad you had that on There's the list to it and i didn't i didn't fully appreciate it until i got back on the wax on the vinyl so i would you can spend you know thousands of dollars on this equipment or you can spend eighty dollars on this equipment i would you know i went cheap i just wanted right. to have the experience i'm not like super hi-fi on the vinyl but you know right i'd say no, if, I like you, if you got this for a husband or your grandpa or your you know what, what else is really cool is is almost every family has a crate of old vinyl somewhere right and once, once you have this thing fired up, you know, maybe you buy some new albums 
But then you're like, oh, we got that crate, and you pull it out, and like, what is this? Anagata Davida, and you put that on, and you you know you're li- listening to the old stuff of your uncle or your or your grandma even of the you know Peter Paul and Mary or Beach Boys or whatever they had. Bee Gees, <laughs> Bee Gees, you know, in the crate. So Abba. So yeah. <laughs> maybe you can rediscover some some old music. So right, which is need needful in these days. Of and you need a place to set garbage. this up. Because this is yeah. listening, so you need like a yeah. chair, and this is a good this is a good opportunity right now to just completely condemn the idea of a man cave, which I hate. Do you, I I don't have a man cave. Do you have a man cave? I know you don't. Why I have not? a man house that I live in. My name's on the mortgage. <laughs> exactly. That's what yeah. I tell people yeah. too. I, it, can you can you unpack that a little well, bit? The man Dr. cave Marshall? is the idea that your wife and your children have quarantined you off to a little area of your home usually the garage where there's no heat or air conditioning and that's where you're yeah. allowed to do what you to want be a to man be. Yeah. yeah it's so yeah. dumb yeah yeah and it, it's what it is is the surrogate notion for manliness in the in the most um, uh castrated era in the history of human men right yeah. they're like bro I, I have a man cave it's so boss and it's like yeah, no it's you're a, you're, you're a eunuch neon yeah. sign in it yeah yeah and, and like also cave that's that's like the idea that somehow caves are like manly they're not they're, they're not at all it's no. for an animal it's for a damn bear yeah. you know like i'm not no and again i have a man house literally <laughs> i'm a i'm a basketball fanatic and i have i have little like nerf hoops up all over the house including in the kitchen the kitchen uh uh pantry has one up and people will say people ask my wife like you're down with this and she's like tim likes basketball so yeah and i mean like i i shoot baskets in the kitchen and um it's it's great if i work up an appetite i go to the pantry i mean what yeah why would and that i mean it all comes back to this predicate notion that we we haven't talked too much about yet but you know, people will say, I, I remember early on when we were talking, I think it was when we were setting up our first or second show before I knew you too well, it was like, somehow it came up like, oh, I, I'll never hang out. I forget if it was you or me that said it because I, I always say this. It might've been you though. I was like, that's cool. Like, I don't really want to hang out too much with a dude if I ask him to do something that goes, got to go check with boss. And I'm like, well, I got to check with boss too. Hold on, let me ask him. Yep, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's not my favorite. My favorite. Yeah, two killers. Yeah, I mean, are lots of guys. Want to come out and hang in my man cave? The answer is absolutely right. not. Right, right. <laughs> my or wife, let me check. My wife let me turn in, turn in part of the basement into my man cave, where I can right. go do my things. No, that's horrible. It's ridiculous. Right. Can you imagine if 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 what feminists would say? We said, yeah, there's a. Uh, girl space and, I, and that's where i can do my thing right the girl yeah, exactly like, yeah, i've uh, been relegated to a cave yeah uh, exactly. yeah well, yeah i know so, i yeah. mean but and then i gotta check with the boss well here's a, uh, like an archetypal conversation between two dudes i would never hang out with a says to b <laughs> hey hey b do you want to come hang out in my man cave and b says that sounds great note the affirmation let me just check with boss first. Like these are two dudes. I don't want to spend no. much time. I'm not going to have a beer with you, bro. Or whiskey. No, not good. No, not just good. Not good. Save it. You so guys, guys enjoy one another's company. Mistake, just 
just stop. Lots just of stop. good guys have made just this stop. mistake. Just don't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, and I it, have a library. Right. Right. That's kind of like if someone comes over and we're talking like, you know, like the wives are talking about, hey, why don't we go sit in the library? Okay. Go in the library. There's books, you know, and some animals I shot, you know, and things that would have been a lot of people in California. And, you know, we put on a, put on a vinyl, put on a record, you know, and have a drink, but that's not like my man cave. Well, it's not, it's not animalizing you. That's very humane. You're, there are books, you know, I mean, yeah. I have, yeah, everyone does. Everyone who doesn't have a clue how to start a podcast does it in front of their bookshelf, <laughs> which I'm doing, but it's just because it's like, okay, we are human beings. We're right. literate. We read things. We, we have four brains. Yeah. And this, I, I converted my, my library into a homeschool room when our daughters became of age. But so I, I'm, I'm without a library now, but this was the library here and it's yeah same thing i used to have a couple armchairs in here and would bring people in if it was no, not by necessity we weren't relegated right. here just it's it's kind of a fun spot to go to we got french doors yeah. on the outside and yeah, exactly a light convert your man caves into libraries guys yeah. and do do your more base sports stuff out out there yeah. um you shouldn't be relegated in here if you want to watch the ball game, but the, the library is for conversation, you know, yeah. mornings are for coffee and contemplation says, uh, says Hopper from stranger things. Well, so are man libraries or just libraries. No, it's just, even. A, library. It's it just a library. It doesn't even need a gendered sign on the outside. Like this is the mail room. No, but it's there's something the inherently, there is something very fatherly paternal. Uh, there's something good about it that, that is, if you had to assign it a gender, like one of the Latin languages, it would probably be masculine, but yeah, we don't need to, we don't, I, we need to do away with this compound word in the pop culture of man, manscaping, man, Splaining. you know, splaining or bro, man or bro as a prefix. Yeah. Uh, again, just, I don't, I don't like how you're finishing this word, I probably right. don't want to talk to you too right. much anymore if you're using these words. Yeah. Totally. Explaining. I forgot that one. Yeah. yeah. Get get yourself a record player, put it in your library or your office or whatever, and listen to records. That's it. No neon sign needed. No Bud Light. Say Polly Girl. No, no. Say Polly Girl or Bud Light. Right. You know you what? Need, you don't need that. You don't need that. You're better. You're better than this. You're better. That's right. If you like your beer, I'm not. I mean. Uh, Marshall's a whiskey guy. When I, when, when my stomach can handle it, I'm a, I'm a, an IPA guy. I like microbrews. I also like whiskey, but, uh, yeah, I'm not anti-beer here. So don't, don't, we don't want to hear about this in the comment. It just, you don't need a sign. You know, you, you like it. You don't need to, right. you don't need a neon billboard for the thing. Right. Yeah. I remember kind of related. Uh, there's a guy I really like and respect. I think he has 12 kids now. And I was at his house and we're hanging out and uh, we were just like, Going from the kitchen to another room, I pulled out a cigar and like lit it. Walking around, I was like, "You smoke in your house like this?" You know, like he's like, "Yeah, it's my house." I was like, "Good point." Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I like that argument. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Go to the outhouse? Right. Uh, you know, with my like, yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. I mean, he wasn't a smoker, you know, I, I probably have seen him smoke a cigar before, but it was just kind of like you know, I've I didn't grow up in the fifties or Mad Men where people would just popped out a cigarette you know usually it's like you're sitting around a barbecue or a fire pit in winter and you know guys are smoking and whatnot but to see some guy just like pull out a fatty and light it up yeah. in the kitchen i was like oh good point i respect that yeah. good point yeah yeah but why do you do that because i want to like right that's strangely compelling yeah, <laughs> okay so uh, number three we're getting here to the bottom of the list you just kind of 
piggybacks on our last point. That is books, good books. You know, one thing I'm really scared about for myself and my children is I've noticed since we have all these computers and streaming videos and and audio books and Audible, I'm reading less, Tim. Me too. Me too. And me it too. scares me. It me scares too. me that I'm not reading as much. And I even even when I hear of a good book, I'll be like, oh, is there an Audible version of that so I can listen to it in my car? And I'm like, oh, why are you saying that? You know, you should. So, I used yeah. to always have four or five books on my nightstand. And I was just going through them, burning through them all the time, burning through books. Right. And really, I've, I've noticed myself reading less and that scares me so i need to make a resolution this next year to 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 get back to the paper and the bindings and read me too. old school no joke i i uh catholic world report asked me for i just turned it in this past week it was a busy week for uh, it asked a bunch of its authors for a, a a book recommendation you know a little blurb since it's going to be a mondo article with mm-hmm. all of its writers turning this stuff in is it limits yourself to five or 600 words. However, many books you want to recommend within that blurb of five or 600, go for it. And I, on, I only had three books that were worthy of recommendation. I didn't leave much off. So I was kind of recommending, you know, most of what I've read in, uh, not all of what I read, but most of what I'd read cover to cover in 2018. And it, it was, it was three books. I mean, it was, I, it, yeah. it gave me this pause and I was like, I need to read back to what I was reading, you know, four years ago, nightstand full of four or five books. I was thumbing through. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know why, but I have the exact same moment, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I do read a lot every day. I'm reading a lot of commentaries and, 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 you know, online journals and whatnot, but that stuff isn't as valuable as going cover to cover through a book. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not it's, it an kind adequate goes back replacement. To the final idea that when, it does. You, when you get into a book, Let's say I'm reading your book, and I, I don't know you. I'm reading Tim Gordon's book. And let's say that one of the chapters is a little bit not so good, or it's not super exciting. There it is. Let's say I'm reading Catholic Republic. But I'm getting to know you as the author, right? Right. And My it may voice. be kind of boring, yeah. but it might be a setup for Chapter 8, which is going to be intense. But I had no, to get authors, through. Authors know that that's true in most even great books, but there are no lulls in Catholic Republic. It's a page uh, turner. There's not one. It's a page. Right. It's you're, you'll be on the edge of your seat. That's right. You might need to reupholster the edge of your seat after you're you read. Worn out. Yeah. yeah. No, so, it's true. It's true. You make it through the downers um, to get back to the uppers. Even one of my all my probably my all time favorite. One of my all time favorite twentieth century novels is Michael O'Brien's Father Elijah, and I'm right. like, that's, that's a page times. turn. I've yeah. read it several times too. I think I've read it four. And the fourth time, I was like. I tell everyone, I would tell my students, there are no lulls in this. And I was like, that's never true with the book. Like there are, there are many lulls. They're just, they're really, they're really shallow lulls. And then you get back to a a high point, but, but you can't make it through an entire like denouement in a book in literature without having, you know, you need the low to have the high and same thing with nonfiction, which is most of what you and I are reading on our, our, or nightstands, even when we're reading more. So it's a good point. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad to be able to say that. I yeah. was legitimately just in this territory where I'm like, I need to read twice as many books cover to cover in yes. 2019 as I do. Yeah. So get Tim's book, Catholic Public. I have eight books. Eight, eight books. So I'll and we're nearly the those. same age. I've got a trilogy yeah, we... called The Catholic Origins 
or the, uh, the well, the, the origins of Catholic Christianity. First book is on Old Testament Judaism, like 300 prophecies of the Old Testament for the Catholic Church. Second book is on Catholic respect on Paul. Third book is the Eternal City, which is the Roman origins of Christianity, the theology of Rome. And then, even though I work so hard on those books, everybody knows me and likes me for my fiction books. Sword and Serpent Trilogy, those are the ones Trilogy. That, those are the ones that yeah. sell that people love. So if you want to try some fiction, contemporary uh, Catholic, I don't like, really like to call it Christian or Catholic literature. Because that, that genre has been so tainted. And it sounds right? bad. So, it sounds horrible. But I do but say it's... it because I want people to know that it has to do with Catholic themes. You know, It has to do with saints and martyrdom and demonic possession and bilocating saints and all that. But Well, you and I were talking to, I think, I think what's remarkable about the amount, the volume you've sold of your Catholic fiction is that you and I together were talking to a Catholic publisher the other day and um, just casually and he was saying, I, I, it's a, you know, an acquaintance of mine. He told me over the last four years, aside from O'Brien, from Michael O'Brien, and you self-publish all your stuff and do very, very well. They, they just can't move any Catholic lit. They can't move Catholic fiction. Right. And look what you're doing on your own label, on your own imprint. Yeah. Uh, it's staggering. It's amazing. I, I'm going to read, I'm going to read your fiction yeah, this I wanna, summer. I want to I I hear your take on it one day. Yeah, this summer. So. Yeah. No, it's really remarkable what what uh, what what Marshall's done with with uh, the the trilogy there, Sword and Serpent. Uh, yeah. Everyone should pick up a copy for this Christmas. Starts in, year Catholic, two, starts in the year two ninety nine with Diocletian, and uh, it follows the the life of the historical Saint George and the dragon. But the dragon has a twist to it, so you'll have to read it to find out. Cool. All right, number two an everyday carrying knife. If you're a male and you don't have a knife in your pocket, you're just wrong. You're doing it wrong. You've got to be able to cut the tags off the clothing and get the splinter out of your child's finger and open up the Amazon package and all of that. And that requires a knife. Or if someone yeah. tries to jump you, God forbid, you have a knife. So I always say that every man should have three knives, three kinds of knives. Your EDC, this is your everyday carry. This is if you lose it or if you're at the airport and you forgot it's in your pocket and they take it away from you, no big deal. You know, it's under 50 bucks. It's not like a family heirloom. The second knife you need is the nice knife. This is like the one your uncle gave you when you turned 16 or your grandpa gave you on a hunting trip or your dad gave you for your confirmation. It's like a nice wood handle. You know, it's not something you'd want to go and like carve up something with. But yeah. It's a nice one. Like if you're going to go to the theater with your wife, you have that in your pocket, you know? Right. Right. You know, it's a nice knife. Right. And then you need a multi-purpose knife. And that's actually my number one today. And that could be either like a Leatherman or a Swiss Army knife. Right. So number two is an everyday carry. And I like the Ken Onion Tactical by Kershaw. It's a great knife. I think I've owned it twice because I've lost it or gave it away. And then the number one is the Swiss Army knife. And you just got to have a Swiss Army knife. This is the one. I think I've recommended this one several times. I always hear from so many moms and wives. Like, so cool. I never thought my husband would want a Swiss Army knife. Being like it's a little kid. 
but you know it's great it's got scissors in there it's got tweezers it's got all kinds of stuff even if he's not carrying on his person all the time just to have it in the drawer with right. all those tools is a win right so swiss army knife is my number one and uh there's a cool tradition in my wife's family called dropping knives have you ever heard of this tim I haven't. I mean, I know what, I've dropped a knife before, but I don't okay, think so, I the same so usage. It only works if there's a presumption that every man in the room has a knife in his pocket, which they should, and which they historically did, right? Yeah. So in my wife's family, they're like kind of a rancher family, Colorado and Texas type people. They do this thing called drop knives. And so a man, man in the family will walk up to you, like, I'll walk up to you, Tim. I'll say, do you want to drop knives? And what that means is you're going to hold your hands out like this. And the other guy's going to do the same thing with the knife in this hand. And on the count of three, you let go. And you, you're swapping knives so that your knife becomes his and his knife becomes yours permanently. That's cool. It's dropping knives. Yeah. And you could win yeah. or you could lose depending on what yeah. knife is in your pocket. Yeah. Not an equitable trade cycle necessarily. Yeah. But, yeah, but they so, often use it as a setup to give a man in their family a really cool knife. Oh, that's dope. So, like, let's say my father-in-law bought like a really nice uh, buck knife for me for my birthday, and like, let's say it's my birthday and we're getting dinner ready. Hey, Taylor, you want to drop knives? That's right, dope. Let's do it. So we do it, and then I drop like a ten-dollar, you know, pocket knife in his hand, but then there's like a hundred-dollar knife. And he's like, "Happy birthday!" That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I, cool. I like that. It's a cool tradition. I, yeah, that sounds really, really neat. Yeah. Again, good, good but, old school stuff. What's embarrassing is if he says, hey, you want to drop knives? And you're like, I, I just have a Q-tip in my pocket. You know, like. The keys count? Yeah. Yeah. I have my chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's bad. So I recommend, yeah. I think an heirloom knife, there has to be a lot of thought put into that. So I don't even want to recommend one. You know, it could be a bone handle, it could be wood, it could have something carved in it, it could have initials in it. Like, that's a really, like, personal, specific thing. So, of the three knives you need, the fancy heirloom one, we're not going to deal with that today. But you need yeah. an everyday carry that's not too expensive but gets the job done. Yeah. And you need, a, like, a Swiss Army knife. What if what if you're at a holiday uh, with, with your in-laws and they say, let's drop knives and all you have is your heirloom one? Would, would he, do you just run out of the room? Yeah, and, I don't know. It's never happened. Because you, 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 can, you can use a Swiss Army in that situation? I don't know what would happen. It's never happened before. Usually, you always just have your everyday carry knife in your pocket. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah if you see like your daddy's in a tuxedo, you could go drop knives and you might have a good one on him. Right. You could... It's usually kind of just like, it's kind of like becoming blood brothers. Like you cut your hand right. and like rub the blood together and like you're somehow brothers, but you're not. No, it's, it's cool. It's kind of like I'm a just, bonding I'm... thing. And usually it's, it's equal. Right. You get my $25 knife and I get your $19 knife. Right. No, Ooh. I got it. I, it's, a, it's a neat tradition. I'm just, I'm doing, I'm like law school. I'm throwing hypotheticals at you. Right. Yeah. So. Good. Yeah. The knife's a cool deal. It is. And also I found like guys I've worked with or done deals with or whatever, I'll like buy them a knife. And like years later, they're like, oh, that knife. So it's one of those yeah. kind of things that you always are using, especially yeah. like if you have like groomsmen and you want to give a good gift, like the knife just always keeps coming back in your life. 
Yeah, that's right. That's neat. It's like the ring. It's, yeah. It just keeps coming back. Ring of Gaijis. Yes. So there's 10, 11 gifts. Hopefully they're helpful. The best thing that I love on this, Tim, is January, February, all the emails I get from dudes and from women saying, thanks, this is really cool. I like yeah. this. So this, You do this every year, right? I've done this for year? years. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what yeah. year it is, but I've been doing this for years. And some of them, some of them keep, the knives are all, I keep bringing the knives back. Yeah. Everybody loves the knives. Yeah. But I try to mix in new stuff like the toolbox or the scotch balls. You know, I try to find some new stuff. And we got the right. speed bag this year. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you in March of 2019, there's going to be a hundred guys out there at least who are doing speed bag because you said get a speed bag. Guarantee yeah. You. That's influence and power. I know. That's, that's what I'm in. No, good. I mean, that's a good, that's a good, Here's that's a good happen. thing. They're going to go in the garage, do the speed bag, get kind of tired, go inside, put on a record, pour some whiskey from their hip flask. Smoke a stogie. <laughs> Get their pocket cut knife it, out. Cut it with their knife. Yeah. yeah. Cut it with their Swiss Army knife and so on and so forth. And then House. for dinner, Just, carve it with, on their carving board. Yeah. 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 So there it is. Wish everybody a Merry Christmas as you finish yeah, Advent. Christmas. And uh, be the Maccabee. Do cool stuff. Have fun. Do the Aristotelian activity instead of just being passive and watching and when you get those knives gentlemen use them to open christmas gifts and wrapping for your kids that's right all right right. all right tim god bless we're out to the english speakers yeah happy christmas if you're in the uk we have merry christmas merry christmas Bye. bye